0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit hyundaiusa.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Kim Grendels of Dogman.com with Chris Fetters. Another practice in today on a Friday out, uh, practice actually today inside Husky Stadium, not on the East Field weather, kind of a little bit overcast, temperature probably in the high 50s. And uh, for those uh, planning on coming to practice on Saturday, gear up, 80% chance of rain. And when it rains next to the lake and the wind kicks up a little bit, it can get cold pretty fast, so make sure if you're coming to practice on Saturday that you do actually gear up. But you know, kind of a shorter practice today with uh, looks like almost entirely focused on the two-minute drill today, Chris.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is very similar to what they did a week ago. You know, this was a this was a non-full pads practice. It was just you know pads and shorts. Um, basically gearing up and getting prepared for a, for a bigger scrimmage on Saturday, which is what they did last week. So today's practice was probably, what, 90 minutes um, like they did last week, and it really honed in on a ton of two-minute situational drills, almost always starting from the offense's 40 going toward the you know defense's goal line. Some situations they just had to, to get in position to try to kick a field goal. Sometimes they were down seven. They had to try to score a touchdown. Um, so there was a ton of situational work. Jimmy. This is the stuff that Jimmy Lake says he loves. And um, there were certainly a lot of fireworks today, even though it was not a full pass practice. It was fun to watch. And it, it just seems like when these situations come, Kim, especially in the two-minute when the clock is ticking and they know that they have to really just go, 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 um, this is when the competition gets really bumped up a couple notches. And you can see who's coming in prepared and who's struggling quite a bit.
0: They don't leave any details uh, out. They were even practicing spiking the football.
1: Oh no, for sure they were spiking everything. They were spiking, getting the ball, and having the receivers, you know, take a knee really quick. If they, you know, if they were past the first down marker and they needed to, you know, they needed to keep clock. They were getting down on their knees. They were they were doing whatever they could to stop the clock. And
0: you mean like what the Wazoo receivers did in the Apple Cup when they didn't need to? I don't, know.
1: <laughs> I don't remember that, but I'm sure that happened at some point. But. Um... Yeah, no. There, like I said, this was a situation where we're not going to be talking about the running backs hardly at all today, just because this is always when you're in two minute, it's almost always throwing. So you're not again, you're not getting much with the offensive defensive lines, um, you know. And, and with the rap tempo or the thud tempo that they were going with, you know, with a no no full pads, you're not going live at all during today. So this was all about trying to get you know get down the field fast. Um, find players quickly, um, hopefully down the field if you can take a shot or two. And, um, you know, I think a couple of quarterbacks did a nice job of that. A couple of receivers did a nice job of that. There was one in particular I know we'll talk about here uh, today. But overall, I thought the defense still carried the day. And, and this is because this, these two-minute situations are geared towards, you know, trying to get the offense to overperform. Because usually in these situations, these are last, kind of last gasp situations. I mean, when you have to go 60 yards to score a touchdown, you only have a minute to do it, you know, you're under the gun. And, and the pressure is all on the offense to get this done.
0: Well, there again, you know, offense is trying to accomplish that, but the defense is also trying to accomplish, you know, stopping them from doing that. And we saw a lot of the two high safeties, the two deep safeties, and it seems like the only thing that was open was underneath than anything other than those underneath routes uh, became a little treacherous for all of the quarterbacks.
1: Right. And again, being two minute drill, you know, they didn't have a full two minutes. I mean, I think the most that I saw in any period that they did. And again, what was interesting about this too, Kim, is that they not only did the live uh, or the the stuff during the 11 on 11 team sessions, but they also tried to do some situational stuff during their seven on sevens. So even without the lines, they were trying to move the ball, trying to get down the field, trying to do some different things. And you would have thought in the seven-on-seven seven situations, the offense would have had a little bit more of an upper hand because they're not dealing with a rush. But they are still dealing with, dealing with the clocks and things like that. And, and you could tell how those things are things they clearly have to, to work out this spring because there's situations that, you know, when you're not working on them all the time and then all of a sudden you're being asked – To go 60 yards in in 55 or 65 seconds, um, it can be really stressful on you um, mentally in terms of trying to get all this stuff down. You also have to remember, too, Kim, that two of the quarterbacks that are running these things, the scholarship guys, are new guys to this whole way of life. Now, Patrick O'Brien, he's not necessarily because he's done this many times at other schools, but for Sam Huard, I mean, this is really fish-out-of-water stuff for him.
0: When you take a look at what's going on in the quarterback uh, battle, I kind of equate it to, you know, with Dylan Moore starting games last year. Right now, he's the champion, and if you're going to defeat the champion and grab the title, you got to defeat the champion. But I don't think Dylan – I mean, if Dylan wasn't here last year, and this was just a real open quarterback competition, it was really open without Dylan being the leader, you know, to start the year – Boy, I think it's just a really close competition right now.
1: I think it is a close competition between him and O'Brien. But you also have to remember, too, that when the Bullets were really flying last year and they had some moments like the Utah game, the final drive against Utah, for instance, and some of the things that he was able to do under the gun with the clock ticking down, he was able to execute at a high level against a very good defense. Um, that's going to earn him a lot of grace with this offense because he's shown he can do it. He didn't necessarily do it today. Um, He was only able to get one field goal that I remember in any of the situational periods. And then that one was a 52-yarder kicked by Tim Horn where Jimmy Lake iced him twice. And then the third time he cranked the music. And then he also had the defense, and then Race Porter's even like telling the defense to like crank it up a little bit too. They want to get this guy's under some real pressure. And he made the field goal, I think, by like a yard. I mean, it was close.
0: Yeah, low kick,
1: but low kick. But here's the thing to, to think about. I'm wondering if they're thinking about Peyton Henry from fifty in and Tim Horn from fifty and out, or maybe even a guy like Jarrett North, because we haven't seen too much of North this year, the the freshman walk on kicker, but in the kicks that he has shown in practice from distance, he has easy power with that leg. He's shown um, he might have the strongest leg of all of them.
0: Yeah, and you know, getting back to the quarterbacks, like I said, I just think that it, it's a lot closer than I anticipated. I thought that Dylan, I thought that Dylan Morris would be the clear leader. I don't think I wouldn't say he's the clear leader, but I would definitely say he's the leader. Not by much.
1: He's the leader because he's he's the incumbent. He's the guy that knows the offense better than anyone. Um, that being said, there's nothing that that Patrick O'Brien has done this spring that would tell me he's not ready. I mean, if if they needed Patrick O'Brien to come in and win a ball game for him, I think they'd be very comfortable with that.
0: He looks like it. Um, he looks the part. He, he
1: looks the part, and he was the only quarterback that uh, that took the uh, took his team to a touchdown. Today, he found Mark Redman down the middle for about, I don't know, about 20, 25-yard play. It was great, too, because he was wide open. I mean, he is wide open. Um, so he found him, did what he was supposed to do, and he continues to show that he can move the ball. Now, that being said, the one time he did get a chance to go with the ones today in the final team period, he dropped the snap twice, which were his drops. I mean, he was with Luke Wadenberg. Luke Wadenberg put the ball in the money, and he just dropped the ball. I don't know Why? And the the whole series kind of went south from there. I mean, he was able to make some yards on a scramble, but then he had to throw the ball deep on a fourth down. Um, Terrell Bynum had a chance to make a play. It would have been a hard play, very hard play to make, but he had a chance. Um, but that being said, overall, I would say that Wayne O'Brien has been really effective. It's also been with the two receivers, and I know we'll get into that a little bit, but um, overall... Patrick O'Brien, I think, probably had slightly the better day than Dylan Morris.
0: Yeah, and, uh, you know, those two just look so comfortable out there. Um, you know, it's not like either one is pressing to try to impress, but I think they uh, both look um, really good. So, um, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting tomorrow. Are they scrimmaging tomorrow, Chris? Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what the – I mean,
1: the, that's, what, that's what Jimmy Lake said. He said at the last scrimmage on Saturday, he said, you guys need to come back out if you like some of this situational stuff. We're going to be doing a lot of situational stuff. Uh, on Saturday, he even, he laid it out, and so I I suspect they're going to be, you know, if they're not doing a lot of two minute drill again, they're going to still be doing a lot of coming out of the end zone, red zone work. They're going to probably, hopefully, try to mix in a lot of this different stuff. But if I'm a, you know if I'm going in as a Washington fan, I want to see how these quarterbacks are reacting in the two minute situation. I want to see how these receivers are reacting in this two in the two minute situation. Are they making big plays? Are they coming up? and and doing what they're supposed to do or are they continuing to show a lot of inconsistency with drops which they showed today as well
0: Sam Heard continues to struggle, and uh, you know, it's just I know some people when they hear that kind of thing, it's you know, automatic panic button. It, it's time to push the panic button, but you just got to understand. Sam was in high school three weeks ago, and he's doing a lot of adjustments. And did he have more interceptions, or did
1: receivers drop more balls today for him? It just he- it was both, but it was it was. But the bottom line is, if Patrick O'Brien wasn't here, Kim, there there people have, would have every reason to be in full blown panic because. If it wasn't for Camden Sermon throwing a pick to Ben Hines, which it was a great pick, by the way. I mean, it was a big stretch over the middle, and Hines just came up and snagged it. Defense loved it. It was right in front of them. They love that, uh, that kind of play. But if it wasn't for that, Sam Hewitt would have thrown all four interceptions today, and he threw them to four different guys. Um, it, the first one was to, to Cameron Fabickel-Anon. The next one was to Carson Bruner. The next one after that was to Cooper McDonald. So Jimmy Lake now got his Cooper McDonald pick. And then the final one, which, which was really ironic because the final one was basically the final team drive of the entire practice. Sam is moving the ball down the field. He, you know, he completes a pass to, to Kamari Pleasant. He's getting the ball to, to Taj Davis on some plays. And then on he, he gets it all the way down to the 13-yard line. And it's like third and three. He goes back to pass doesn't realize that Jeremiah Martin had gone on his own blitz and had dropped back out into coverage, and he picks him off. It was a great play, too, because Jeremiah Martin, the ball was thrown pretty hard. Jeremiah Martin gets one of his mitts on it, tips it up, and just comes down with it, falls down. The defense goes ballistic. They pick him up, and they just convoy him all the way into the end zone, uh, and that was the practice, and it kind of really it summed up Sam Heward's day in a nutshell.
0: Well, it just seemed like when Sam did make the right throw, did make the right read, and delivered the ball on target, guys weren't catching the ball. Well, and keep in mind, yeah. these, are, these are not top-of-the-roster guys that were dropping the ball except for Devin Colt, but he was getting drops by walk-ons and stuff like that.
1: Well, but he was also getting drops by guys like Racinelli, and that's, that's disappointing struck. a little bit. But the bottom line is he was struggling a lot early with overthrows. And he had had so he had a couple plays that he knew were open and could have completed. I think he had one to Quentin Moore that would have been a nice completion. Um, he got, he he was in space, he was open, and he overthrew him. And that I think that was maybe right before the pick to to Brunner.
0: Yes, yeah, the one the one where over the middle, it almost to me where he it looked way overthrown. Yeah, that almost looked to me like somebody on the line of scrimmage got a fingertip and cause that thing to sail a little bit more.
1: Yeah, I know the one with, yeah, the Camp Fab one was definitely a big overthrow too. Um, but, yeah, th- th- these are situations where you can already tell, and I, and I mentioned this one of the first practices when they were on the east field where guys like O'Brien are, are taking Heward by the shoulder and just saying, you know, this is what we're doing. This is what you can already tell those guys are really trying to, bring him along. And it's one, this is going to be one of those practices Kim, where he's going to need a real, um, you know, he's going to need some shoulders to lean on and, and to explain what's going on so that he fully understands. But you know, the the thing about it is Kim, this is when you want him making these yeah. mistakes. This is when you want him, you know, trying to drink the water through the fire hose. You don't want it to be in the fall. You want him to be learning all this stuff now, so that by the time he's in the middle of fall camp, you know, like this time, you know, three four months from now, we're sitting here going, "Yeah, remember that day when he had four picks in spring?" It's nice today. He's, throw, he's throwing four. He's throwing four touchdowns. You know, or or doing something nice because we see it as the result or the accumulation of all of that knowledge that he soaked up and all that film study has turned. What we're now talking about as negatives, and he's turned those into positives. Yeah,
0: and you know, for those listening who played football, just remember your freshman year and you know the first couple of times you went up against the seniors and stuff, and just how overwhelming it could be. And Sam's just too talented and too bright of a kid to uh, not get a lot better so um i think he'll get there but when you make mistakes that's what you learn from and he's going to have a lot of film to take a look at you know not only you know during spring football but all summer long he's going to be able to look at these and correct those mistakes and see what he did well
1: oh, and knowing sam he he's going to be he's probably already there he's probably already watching the film and there, him and, and donovan are, are already breaking it down and figuring out what he needed to look at or what he didn't see or what he didn't key off of. Like, again, like I said, that zone blitz, we've seen it many times where the outside linebackers, they may look like they're coming on a rush. They'll drop out and maybe one of the inside guys goes on a blitz. Well, he clearly didn't read the key with, with, with um, Jeremiah Martin. And it's not often you see the a guy like him, six five, two sixty five, uh, you know, five ten yards down the field in pass coverage. But there he was, he popped up and, He made a heck of a play. It was really athletic play.
0: Yeah, the one thing about Sam, you know, in my dealing with him that, you know, and talking to those surrounding him, I I don't want to say he has OCD, but he sure seems to have some of those tendencies where he's not going to let go. I mean, he's just not going to let go of these mistakes. He's going to grind it, grind it, grind it, grind it, grind it, and then grind it, grind it, grind it. He's just going to not let go. He's like a dog with a bone, you know, trying to get better.
1: Oh, I guarantee you this will be a huge burr in his saddle. I mean, huge. But the thing about it, too, also, when Jimmy Lake talked Wednesday about how this group is more more talented and better now than they were this time last year when you had Sermon and Garbers and some of these other guys, you know, um, I should say Jacob Sermon instead of Camden. I, now I need to yeah. make sure I, I say that correctly. But, you know, when he says that, I think part the, some of the part that's built into that is the fact that you know that Morris and O'Brien and Heward, they're all going to be organizing the OTA stuff. They're all going to be organizing the throwing sessions during the summer. You know they're all going to be doing this routes-on-air type stuff because there's so much that needs to be cleaned up and so much that they can look at on film based on today and, and days like this. And again, when you double up the reps, now all of a sudden you've got twice as much film you can pour over. It's just going to make them that much better in the classroom All you can do now as a fan is hope that that translates to the field in the fall.
0: Where Sawyer Racinelli stood out a couple of days ago, um, I think the guy that's really starting to make a move is Taj Davis. He's making, I mean, he's making plays out there. Well,
1: you mentioned Taj Davis, and then you didn't even realize that I had put a picture of Taj Davis in the practice report. He was the guy that stood out today of the receivers, and and he stood out by quite a ways. I'd say the guy that, to me, had the second best day was Jalen Polk. I thought Polk had a really consistent day. you know, there's they, they clearly are creating these two groups. You know, the number one group right now is Terrell Bynum, Jalen McMillan, Roma Dunzi, and the second group is Racinelli, Polk, and Taj Davis. And right now, that second group I thought had a much better day today than the first group. They just they just showed up. Uh, Taj Davis had like a 35 yard catch from O'Brien down the field. He had another one that was like 24, 25 yards, and on both of those plays, he took. Uh, he took a nice pop. Um, the first one I could, I f- couldn't tell if it was Smith or uh, Elijah Jackson that did it. I think it may have been Jackson. Um, and then the other one, it was Cam Williams who popped him out about, he just popped right back up. Like, let's go. Cause he knows when you're in situational ball like that, time's a wasting. You don't have time to worry about, you know, Oh, he shouldn't have hit me. We're in, we're in thud tempo or whatever. He got, he got clocked and he got right up and did his thing. So, I thought Taj Davis really showed himself today that he's back in the mix. Um, he was a guy that I thought the first couple days of spring really showed up, and then just leveled off. Really, and I don't know if he was dealing with something, but um, these last couple practices, I think he showed up again. And and uh, him and Rakicelli and Polk, I think have made a really nice combination, and it's not. Coincidental that they happen to be most of their work happens to be with Patrick O'Brien, who I think has had obviously a very stellar spring so far.
0: And the guy we kind of take for granted a little bit because he's been around so long. Terrell Bynum, is just
1: steady. He's just very steady. No, he's very steady. And um, you know, of the of the three in the first group, he was the one that stood out. I mean, he had a chance to make some plays. He went out and made some plays, um, especially very very early on in the first situational two minute drill. Um, him and and Dylan Morris. Um, they, they connected for a couple really nice gains. In fact, I think he may have had one that was 20-plus that uh, got them in, in good field position. I think they ended up with a field goal. So, yeah, he's, he's going to be what he is. you know. And, and I know that doesn't sound great, but they need that stability right now. They need that consistent presence. And right now he's the one that's giving it to them. But the problem is, when you're at the receiver position, you need two, three, four of those guys. And right now, he's the only one that's consistently delivering. They need Odunzi to, to step up. They need McMillan to step up. Taj Davis is now starting to step up. But they need Jalen Polk to start really getting more consistent. Because I think he's, all those guys have that in him.
0: had a chance to talk to uh, Durham Cato um, after practice, the tight ends coach and uh, some interesting things, you know, he's talking about, you know, they've got three different types of tight ends with three different responsibilities. And, you know, he's got one tight end uh, on the roster that he feels can do
1: all three of them really well. And that's Kate Otten. Is that a surprise? No, not, I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he is the Swiss army knife. He is the drew sample. He is the guy that if you want him to block, he can block. If you want him to, to go out and on a route, he's going to go out on a route and, you know, to be honest with you, if they wanted to line him up as a fullback and have him carry the ball, he, I'm sure he'd be happy to do that too. Um, with no Jack Westover right now in terms of him being active in practice, they've had to rely on guys like um, Javon Forward and um, Caden Jumper and some of these other guys. And that's good because those guys need all the reps they can get. But if, if, they re- if they needed a situation where it was a third and short in a live situation, would it surprise me if they lined up? Kate on in the fullback position, whether to run it or to go on a route or whatever, wouldn't shock me at all.
0: Yeah, sometimes, you know, I say it's not what people say, it's how they say it. And the one guy that I kind of read into, he's really excited about. He just seems, a, you know, he lit up a little bit when he was talking about Mark Redmond.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, Redmond was a guy that had a great day today. I mean, and again, it's just building up those days, stacking the days on top of each other. Um, you know, I think he I think Jimmy always used to call it like, you know, uh, building bricks you know or, or stacking bricks you know these guys need to keep stacking bricks and you know for the young guys they stack the brick and then all of a sudden they kind of oh wait I forgot the mortar I, I need to take that brick off so I can put this here and then I got to come back and I can stack another brick so there's always kind of the one step forward two steps back sometimes with the younger kids they need to they need to get in the habit of showing up consistently for practice every day um, but you know Mark Redman be the first to tell you all I do is watch Kate Otten to know what I need to do, and that all I need to do is make sure I emulate how he attacks practice and how he approaches everything that he's doing in all the periods that we're involved in, and I will be just fine. And that's that's the nice thing about it, you know, because Otten learned from Sample and 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 guys like Hunter Bryant, and and so now these guys are going to learn from Otten, and when they get to his position then the younger, younger guys are going to learn from, from those guys. It's just, it's how it's perpetuating. And it's the development part of this whole thing, Kim, that is the reason why Washington is on a successful track right now.
0: Also had a chance to talk to with Terrence Brown, the defensive backs coach and, uh, I asked him how good Trent McDuffie was and he kinda laughed and said, I think we all know the answer to that. But uh, you know, he pretty much said that you know, Trent they know what they're gonna get out of Trent. They know he's one of the premier defensive backs in the country, so they're trying to get the other uh, younger guys more reps and <laughs> Trent's acting more as that big brother and getting, you know, a lot of information to the younger guys. But uh, yeah, we just haven't noticed a lot of Trent Trent McDuffie this camp.
1: No, you wouldn't and you wouldn't. I mean it's they're just not throwing
0: his way when he is out there.
1: It's the same as Byron Murphy a few years back. Um, there's absolutely no need. There's absolutely no need to to do anything to get him in a situation where you know something might happen. We've seen it with Zion, and and so yeah, you just you, you, you just if there's one or two guys that you could put cotton wool around and, and just not worry too much about spring, he's one of them. With the fact that they've gone live, means the running backs are getting a lot more live reps. But typically, it'd be the running backs that you just pretty much. Put in the bubble wrap and not worry too much about. But if there's one guy that it does feel like they're kind of actually going out of their way a little bit to protect, uh, Trent McDuffie seems to be that guy. Yeah, it's just kind of, yeah, he's good. Yeah. He's good. (laughs) And is anybody going to say no? No.
0: No. No. They got him back there returning punts too, which is pretty exciting um, because he's pretty dynamic back there.
1: Absolutely. No, him and Kyler Gordon are are really good players back there. And then they've got some of their safety punters or safety catchers, guys like Davis. McMillan, some of those other guys too, but um, it'll be interesting to see how they approach it, but I think Trent McDuffie is certainly the number one returner. returner.
0: Anything we haven't covered?
1: No, just that I I encourage the fans, if you haven't gone out and gotten tickets for Saturday's scrimmage, go out and do it, especially if you enjoy that two-minute stuff, because I think, again, to to repeat myself, the two-minute stuff I think is when the competition just gets raised a notch or two, and these guys really get after it, so that's what I'd watch. Rain gear,
0: bring your rain gear. So, um, last minute thoughts, just, uh, overall.
1: No, that's it. I mean, I just, like I said, I think it was a lot of good situational work, but, um, it was all two minute drill today and I just posted it on the, on the practice report today. So take a look at that and, uh, hopefully we'll see a lot of people out here tomorrow and we live in Seattle. Rain's no big deal.
0: Yeah. Keep your eye on the basketball board. There could be some stuff popping on that here pretty quick, hopefully within the next couple of days. Could be a week, but uh, we'll see what happens on the basketball front. But keep an eye on that. Four more scholarships yet to fill and an assistant coaching position yet to fill. So uh, just a reminder, if you're looking for those daily updates as well as those breaking news alerts, Send us a note, huskystadium at gmail.com, subject line newsletter. We will get you hooked up. For all of us at dogman.com, I'm Kim Reynolds along with Chris Fetters. Go, dogs.